with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 6. It's been a long time since we've been here in Matthew 6, so I want to draw your attention back there. Actually, um, I, felt, I felt so rushed. I do this to myself. I'm not blaming anybody, but I felt so rushed Sunday by the time I got to the text or got to my, uh, you know, the part about the Lord's Prayer that uh, I didn't even, I don't even know how far I got with it. I, I feel like at the end I just clumped part of it together. Sunday, and uh, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to circle back and take a little more time and uh, try to do, do a bit more justice to the subject of, of prayer itself um, this evening, and uh, specifically the Lord's Prayer. And so we're going to go back here, and, uh, and with a smaller crowd like this, I hope we can have just some heart-to-heart discussion uh, about prayer. Um, but before we do that, can I try out a new joke on you guys, would that be okay? All right. So here's the here's the agreement, though. I'm going to break this joke out on you, and if it if it goes okay, and you think it's funny, and I wind up telling it again on Sunday or, or any given Sunday, you have to laugh like you never heard it. Is that a deal? Is that a deal? Can you do that? I don't care if you have to fake laugh. All right. So a, a Jewish rabbi sent his son on a trip to Israel. And when the boy returned, he had converted to Christianity. The rabbi was very upset about this and went and talked to a rabbi friend of his. And he shared the story. He said, I sent my son on a trip to Israel. And when he came home, he came home a Christian. And his rabbi friend said, you know, it's funny that you should say that. Because I too sent my son on on a journey to Israel. And he returned home a Christian. So these two rabbis are confounded. And they said, what should we do? And the one had the idea. said, well, we should go talk to the head rabbi. So they go to the head rabbi, and they pour their heart out, and they say, we've sent our sons to Israel on a trip to tour the Holy Land, and they return home Christian. And the head rabbi said, you know, it's funny you should say that. I, too, sent my son on a trip to Israel, and he returned a Christian. And so the three of them thought, what, what do we do? Where do we go from here? And the head rabbi said, well, we should go to the Lord in prayer. We need to pray about this. And so they collectively, together, went before the Lord in prayer and shared their stories. They said, Lord, we sent our sons to Israel on a tour, on a journey, and they returned home Christian. And the Lord said, you know, funny you should say that. (laughs) That's a good joke right there. And that was told to me by a Jew, so that makes it even better. In fact, a Jewish friend of mine called me just to tell me that joke. It was odd that he would call, and I thought, I got to answer, so I picked it up, and he said, hey, I just, have, I just called to tell you a joke. I said, okay. So I thought it was pretty, was, is that Sunday worthy? Is that worth breaking out on Sunday? Okay. You have to laugh again, though. Don't, don't be, you know, playing possum on me when it comes Sunday. Oh, I done heard this one. Act like you never heard it before. So uh, anyway, but uh, that's a good joke. And uh, so here, here's what we're going to do. So let's go through this tonight. Again, I hope with it being a smaller crowd, of course, you never hope the crowd is small. But uh, I hope tonight, with it being a smaller crowd, I mean, the truth is, I, I feel like those people don't contribute much anyway, right? Am I right? Like, they're just, they're just sort of here. But I don't know who's not here. I'm just kidding about them. But um, it, could be, it could be a good opportunity for us to just, just share some thoughts together. Um, how many of you, when it comes to, uh, when it pertains to the subject of prayer, do you, do you okay, now I'm, I'm putting myself out here because I feel like I'm a little weird. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not, but... Do you get overwhelmed when you think about prayer? Does it seem like, does, does prayer sometimes feel like something you have to do, but you maybe struggle to do it, or 
you feel like, are you hot, Marsha? That's all I need to see. Somebody kick the air down. Um, have you? All right. Sweetheart, honey, would you uh, turn the AC on? Just, just t- time out. There are two thermostats in this room. The one is set on heat at probably, I think, 70, maybe 69 last time I checked it. Turn the air on 69 degrees. That way it'll keep it balanced. That's all we're doing, okay? Just keeping the temperature balanced. Right. I understand I'm wearing a flannel. I get that. But you know, this color on me is not very flattering, Gary, so I can't really take it off. Uh, You know, it just blends with my beard. But um, it was a Christmas present, so I had to wear it. But um, anyway, uh, but do 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 you ever feel that way? Do you feel like prayer is just something that uh, it's a daunting task. Does it feel like, um, you know, I, I think about even the disciples who fell asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, the greatest prayer meeting of all time, right, with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane right before his crucifixion. I mean, if you, if, if you ever were invited to a prayer meeting that you ought to probably drink a little coffee or something to stay awake before you go into it, that would have been the one. And they fell asleep praying, you know. And, and I mean, obviously, prayer is, is, is laborious to the flesh. I think our physical nature is going to fight against anything spiritual. Uh, Paul talked about that battle in Romans chapter 7. But sometimes prayer to me feels, at least at times, it has felt overwhelming. It felt like a task that, like, it was just something I needed to check off my list for the day. You know, I got to read my Bible. I got to pray. You know, it wasn't like that get to. It wasn't like that intimate fellowship time. It was just... Um, I, I got to do this before I can do anything else, and if I don't, my day's probably going to feel off. At least, again, this is where I was at one time. Um, anybody else feel that way? Y'all know how much I favor surveys, just getting your opinion. Um, again, why do you think that is? At times, yeah, I'm not saying always. And I, and I, think, I think life sometimes, um, unfortunately, I think sometimes life dictates the... <laughs> Uh, the quality of our prayer life, you know, when you're, when you're going through seasons when you really know you need the Lord in that moment, um, prayer can feel more natural, you know, you, you, but I've always found, to me at least, um, seasons when everything's sort of just status quo, nothing's really wrong, nothing real big in front of me, is when I can get a little lazy or just, you know, or, or again, just get to the point where, where prayer feels like like a task, and I, and I think it's important that we get beyond that, um, and, and I believe there's a way to do that, and, I, and, I, and I, again, that's why I wanted to come back to Matthew chapter 6. I believe Jesus taught us so much, and, uh, and, and you know, it's an honor for me to even take one of the Lord's sermons. I mean, any part of the Bible is a beautiful thing. It's given by inspiration of God, but to be able to take one of the Lord's sermons, I mean, think about that. Jesus preached this. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's uh, all scriptures given by inspiration. I'm not taken away from any other part of the Bible. It's all God's word. But these are the, the this is a sermon that Jesus preached during his earthly ministry. And as a preacher, uh, that's one of the very few similarities I have with Jesus. Uh, but but as a preacher, you know, um, I was just sharing with somebody. I think Mike. I don't remember somebody. I was talking to another preacher about this recently. But I always feel I, 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 years ago I sort of developed this mindset that every time I preach, I'm gonna preach like it's my last sermon. Now you understand why I preach so long all the time. Um, but uh, you know, I've, I kind of developed that mindset when I was younger. And every time I had a chance to preach, whether I was preaching in a jail or homeless mission or a church or whatever, I would I would preach like that was my last sermon. And and you know, when you think of the fact that Jesus knew 
the amount of time he had on earth. And then these are the words that he chose to speak. I mean, again, it's the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached. Um, and so it's, 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 it's wonderful. And, uh, and so I want us to look um, tonight in Matthew chapter 6. Um, let's pick up in verse 5. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. He says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you've shut the door, pray to your Father who's in secret, who's in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil or from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this opportunity. Lord Jesus, we adore you. We worship you tonight. We bow our hearts before you. And I pray that you would teach us to pray. And uh, really, when we look in Luke's gospel, we see that the inspiration, uh, if we could say it that way, for this, for this segment of the Sermon on the Mount uh, was brought about by the disciples just desiring to know how to pray and, and how to pursue your presence, how to intercede. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd help us to understand prayer on a deeper level because we want to understand you on a deeper level. Father, we've been born for relationship. You bought us, you purchased us with the blood of your Son uh, to bring us into this fellowship, to give us boldness to enter into your throne room. And so help us to know how to do that, how to appropriate that, how to live it out fruitfully. And, uh, and Lord, use this time tonight to illuminate our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So when we think about, so I think there are a few things here that, that are noteworthy before we kind of get into the body of the Lord's Prayer itself. Uh, you know, Jesus, first of all, uh, I feel like he just sort of assumes that his believers were going to pray. <laughs> you know, he says, uh, don't pray like this, but when you pray. You know, not if you pray, just, just when you pray. Um, and, and again, I, th- I, believe there is, I believe there is an element of the new birth, there's an element of our new nature, that prayer is just natural. When, when Paul wrote in the book of Romans about the Spirit making intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, um, in Romans chapter 8, he talks about how, how that our spirit within us groans and cries out, Abba, Father. Uh, most of you probably know this already, but the word Abba, uh, is is similar to what we would like our kids calling us dad or daddy. It's a, more of a term of endearment. It's not just the paternal aspect. It's the relationship aspect. So uh, I believe it's just as natural for a believer, uh, a child of God, to to want to be in communion, to want to be in fellowship, to want to verbalize their their heart and and their desires to God, just as much as as a, as a baby naturally cries out for. His mother, and so um, I believe there's an element of prayer that's, that's very natural. And again, I think Jesus sort of plays into that assumption that when when you pray, uh, don't pray like this, pray like this. When you pray, 
Don't, don't sound a trumpet. Don't be like the hypocrites. Don't do it to be seen. Again, I've mentioned Sunday. That's not to say that there's ever anything wrong with praying publicly unless you're praying publicly to be heard, uh, to be seen, to receive recognition, to receive accolades. Um, and, uh, and certainly that would demolish any sort of effectiveness in a person's prayer if that was their desire to be heard and seen. And so, but then the other thing I thought was uh, noteworthy is in verse 6 when he says, but you, when you pray, Go into your room, and, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who's in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And so we're going to talk about another, another piece of this in just a second, but, um, but I believe the important thing to take away from that is, is Jesus is telling us that, you know, God wants alone time with you. And when I think about that, I, you know, we live busy lives, most of us do. You know, some of you retired folks, you don't have anything to do but drink coffee and eat oatmeal or whatever you do. But, uh, ha, ha, I'll give you time to laugh, I know. Uh, but, but most of us, we live in a busy world. We live in a noisy world, you know, right? There's always something or someone clamoring for your attention. And so, uh, you know, I, I, again, people have, I've known people that actually had a prayer closet. Uh, I've known people that had a prayer room, and that's wonderful if you've got the room for that. That's really not the point. We don't all have to have that to have an effective prayer life. Uh, it'd be nice to have, but but the point is that that the Father wants to spend alone time with us, you know. And you just think about any any meaningful relationship. At some point, you want some time alone with the individual, and I believe God wants alone time with us. Now, what does that look like? Is there some quantity of time? Is there you know? I don't believe so. I don't believe that there has to be some number I'm going to spend, you know. There was a time in my life that I, I committed to spend an hour a day in prayer. There was, a, you know, and I'm not going to share all my prayer life with you, but, um, you know, there were different segments of my life that I, I dedicated certain amounts of time or certain segments for fasting or, or whatever um, to seek the Lord, and that's good. But, but there's not some, not some formula that God says, well, if you pray exactly 45 minutes every day, this is going to, you know, there's nothing like that. It's just, I think it's just the concept that it's important for us to find the time, uh, if, if we really believe in God, if we really believe in prayer, if we really believe that he hears us, then, then it would be important for us to set aside time for that. And I'm telling you, I'm guilty of this. Like I've, I've struggled probably as far as spiritual things go. Um, I've struggled more at different times in my life in the area of prayer because prayer is a challenge, you know? It takes a certain level of attention, a certain level of focus that I just don't have naturally. Uh, I can read, I can study, I can listen, I can do all these things, uh, but, to, but to set time aside where, where uh, from, a, from an earthly standpoint, you're not doing anything, right? From an earthly standpoint, if you just had an unbeliever, someone who d- does not know God, uh, secretly observing your time of prayer, you would look like a crazy person. You're talking to the air right, from their perspective. And if we're not careful, it can feel that way. If we're not careful, we can get into, you know, just sort of, and again, uh, people have different uh, uh, sort of methods that keep them on track with prayer. I've read a lot of books on prayer, and, you know, I've read people that were very rigid. You got to have a list, and you got to do this, and you got to do it at the same time every day, and same place, and blah, blah. That's fine. Again, those things are helpful for some people, um, but there's nothing, nothing that says you have to do it that way. I think it's just the fact that it's important for us to take the time to spend with the Lord. Um, and so there, there's one little takeaway. And then the other thing I wanted to say is um, one thing that has been somewhat intimidating to me, again, if, and I, I've read a lot of books on prayer. I've read a lot of the, the, the old timers, you know, 
Uh, I could list na- names, Ian Bounds, uh, Arthur Pink, you know, people who were really well known for, for prayer and, and those types of things, R.A. Torrey, um, Charles Spurgeon, I've read a lot of these, these older uh, men that have, that have long passed on. Um, on, on the subject of prayer, and uh, a, a lot of them maybe not come out and say this, but they sort of allude to the idea that if you're not just agonizing for hours, you might as well not even be praying. You know, if you're not just if you're not to, if you're not willing to get up at three o'clock in the morning and wrestle with God three hours before the day begins, it's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the stuff that's overwhelming to me. You know, that's the stuff that's I can't I can't I can't focus for that long. And so the Lord has taught me some things through the years that, that has just helped me. Um, you know, I'm just exactly like the apostles. I'll fall asleep praying. If you've never fallen asleep praying, you've never tried to pray for very long. That's the God's honest truth. If you have, I sh- in fact, I just go, I'm going to say this. I don't shame you very often, but shame on you if you've never fallen asleep praying. Because that means you haven't tried very hard. If you, you know... I, and I, again, I won't share too, I definitely won't share any contemporary, like recent stories of my own personal prayer life. They're just something sacred uh, that you don't share publicly, I guess. But I was a freshman in college when I even first heard the, the notion that uh, to spend an hour, just a concentrated hour um, in prayer. Never even thought of it. Now, again, I, I was a new convert. You understand, my life changed very quickly. I was, I was drug addict. Alcohol, you know, just drinking like a fish and got saved and went exactly the opposite direction. And so a lot of things changed very quickly for me. But when I, when I as a freshman in college uh, in Conway, Arkansas, I, uh, I heard somebody, I was challenged in a chapel service, heard a preacher challenge us to spend an hour in prayer. And, and I went back to my dorm room, dungy, I've been in jail cells that were nicer, um, but went to this dungy dorm room and, and, uh, and uh, locked my roommate out and um, he got on my knees for a solid hour. And you know what? I didn't have a, an idea what in the world I was supposed to be saying. You know, I fumbled my way through it and it was kind of one of these deals like, all right, you know, 59, 58, you know, made it, you know, made it for an hour and felt very accomplished at that, but I don't know how much I, I actually got you know, any prayer in, and I did doze off, I'm sure, a few times in there, but, um, but when Jesus taught his disciples, and again, and I mentioned this in my prayer, but, but if you read Luke's account of the Lord's Prayer, um, he taught this to his disciples as, as a result of a question. They, they came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Now, prayer was a major part of, of, of the life of a Jew, um, but they wanted to know how Jesus prayed, and uh, and Jesus being the perfect example of all things as the Son of Man, um, he taught his disciples how to pray. But here's what's interesting, uh, at least to me in this context, when we think about how overwhelming it can seem, the, this prayer is very short. If I would have thought ahead, I'd have counted how many words are there. Now one of you is going, somebody OCD in the room is going to count how many words are in the, in the Lord's Prayer. Um, now, to be accurate, you'd have to go back and actually count the Greek words, so don't get too ahead of yourself there, Skippy. But, um, the, but regardless of how you look at it, it it's, it's very brief. You know, this wasn't, you know, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't say, hey, recite the whole Gospel of Matthew in a time of prayer. He gave us this very concise, and as I said again on Sunday, that the Lord's Prayer is not something to to just recite. It's not something to, that, that, that we should just vainly repeat over and over. 
But it is the pattern, and in the pattern that he gave to us, it, it's very short. And if you start studying prayer in the Bible, you'll find some of the most powerful prayers ever prayed were very brief prayers, very concise, and yet very, very, very impactful in the, in the fervency, in the humility of heart, in, in the fact that, sorry, when you got a beard, you eat hair a lot, uh, but in the fact that they, that they had the confidence in the Lord to seek him and trust in him. And so when you think about, so when we talk about that, uh, when you think about if you're one of those who actually raised their hand and said you do feel like prayer is overwhelming at times, what about prayer is overwhelming if I didn't mention it? Does that cover it? Nope, I'm not doing I'm, I'm I'm waiting until somebody says something. You feel like, so the time factor is big to you? Yeah. Yes, sir? Right. So Larry says time. Gary says remembering what he's supposed to be praying about. Somebody else whose name ends in the I sound. Larry, Gary, get it? Come on, guys, stay with me. Oh, your name don't, you don't have the right sound. <laughs> Go ahead. So, if I could give you my opinion on that, and it's pretty well founded scripturally, I, I believe that, let me try to rephrase so the, those of you that couldn't hear what she said, um, and correct me if I say it wrong. So, basically, how, how do you pray? So, as, as I've said, you know, God's not expecting us to pray some fancy, eloquent words. Um, he doesn't need that, and that's absolutely true. Um, <laughs> but how do we pray? And I, th and I think what you're getting at is, do we pray that God's will is done? Do we, you know, do we, do we try to uh, get our desires accomplished through prayer? So, so let's, let's try to break that down to a more like uh, real-time, you know, situation. So if it's, you know, if you're praying for someone who's sick to be healed, for example, um, I believe you ought to pray with, with all the faith that you can muster. I believe you ought to pray believing that God's going to heal. Now, there's one thing that's a major turnoff to me because I think it's a turnoff to God is when, when people almost demand God to do something as if God owes it to us, you know, like he's, he's our table waiter <laughs> to do exactly what we, like if I pray it should happen. Um, so, you know, we've got to be careful to always maintain a spirit of humility. And I think, in fact, I didn't spend much time on it Sunday, but, but, the, but the introduction to, to the Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, that, to me that exhibits such a spirit of, of, of humility, humbleness before God's throne, recognizing his sovereignty, recognizing the fact that, as I said, if he's in heaven, where are we? We're not. 
and he sees things that we don't see. And so we're recognizing that, that right out of the gate. But also the Bible says the prayer of faith will save the sick or heal the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. So I have the right through, through Christ to approach God with confidence or boldness, as the book of Hebrews uses that, that term. I have, the, I, have the, I have the power to pray in confidence believing, but there is the caveat that, that we're to pray, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. So the way I view that is when I pray, I'm going to pray in faith, believing that the Lord will, will answer, that if it's, again, if it's for healing or provision or whatever the case might be, I'm going to pray that God would, would answer that need, that he would respond to that need and meet that need. But then if he chooses not to, I'm going to accept that. And I think, that's where, I think that's where the balance comes in. That's where the peace comes in. And also why it's important that, that in, the, in the onset of our approach to prayer, we are, we're acknowledging that, that he sees things that we don't see. So you take the most traumatic events that some of us have faced at different times in our lives. You know, all we can see is, is what happened. You know, we can see the terror, we can see the, the horrific experience, we can see and experience the, the pain of loss and suffering. What we can't see is what, what would have happened down the road had that not happened. Now, again, I think that's a terrible thing to say to somebody in the midst of, of a situation we give. I've heard some of the worst advice given to people during times of, of tragedy. But at the same time, if we, if we believe the Lord... Um, is sovereign, then we also have to understand that, that he knows what I don't know. He sees what I don't see, and it might hurt, and I don't like it, and I don't even have to necessarily agree with it. But, but he's God, and I'm not. And so, yeah, I think, so the approach is we, we pray in faith. Um, you know, when, when I pray for someone's healing, for example, I don't doubt for a second that God can heal them. I never, I mean, I don't, I, there's not an, and I can't say that I have zero doubt about anything, but I have zero doubt that God can heal a body. Zero doubt. What I don't know is, is what his plan is, because sometimes God's plan is suffering. And anybody, that, any preacher tells you otherwise, shut them off. Anybody tells you, well, you know, I heard a clip of a guy the other day said, you know, if, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase him, but, you know, he was, he was saying, uh, no reason I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember verbatim, but he was saying, you know, God never meant for anybody to be poor. If you're a Christian, you shouldn't be poor. And he, and he talked about Abraham. Abraham was a wealthy man. I thought, well, the apostles would laugh in your face. Jesus would laugh in your face. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Foxes have holes, Jesus said. Birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man doesn't even have a place to pillow his head at night. You know, Paul, you know, bankrupted himself for the gospel. They all died martyrs' deaths. John was marooned on an island. John's the only one who didn't die a martyr's death, and they, they marooned him on an island alone and left him to die. He wasn't flying in a Learjet or, or driving, you know, a chariot with triple gold dubs on it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, so this whole notion that, that, that as a believer, if we just have enough faith, we'll never suffer, that's foolish. That's not found anywhere in the Bible. Um, in fact, suffering is sometimes a part of God's plan, and that's what Paul accepted when he prayed for the thorn in his flesh to be re removed. But I think every time Paul prayed for it, he believed God would do it. I believe every time God asked or Paul asked God to remove the thorn, he, he believed until God gave him an, an answer otherwise. And I think that's how we should pray. Until God gives us a, a different directive, I'm going to keep just charging the throne room and praying about it. Right. Yeah, you talk about one of the most perplexing prayers ever prayed. The Son of God says to 
the Father, Lord, if it's possible, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will. Was that my chair? Boy, weird. Huh? Yeah. It sounded like it came from back there, though. Oh, well. Yeah, good question, though. So what else about prayer is uh, intimidating? Yes, ma'am. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Right. Just awe and awe of his presence. So, again, so just one little, I think, helpful thing that I've I've tried to adopt and develop through the years because I'm you know again during those times so here's what I found when I when I tried to allot a specific amount of time let's not even say an hour but say I allotted 30 minutes I'm gonna pray for 30 minutes I'm gonna read my Bible for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever Um, again the Bible thing I'm usually pretty good like I can stay focused reading for the most part not saying I never get sidetracked with that but um, but I've learned enough how to study and pay attention through the years, even even in spite of the directions my brain wants to go. But when it comes to prayer, um, so as Gary was saying, like you know, not remembering what you're supposed to be praying for, and you spend half your time going, "Okay, now I told now this is what I would do a lot of times." Now I, I told so and so that I would I pray about that, or I saw that in the bulletin the other day, and I need to remember that. No. The one lady, she, oh yeah, you know. So I'm spending my time like racking my, and it, and it just, it, it, it just feels so disjointed and like disconnected. Um, so what I think is is wonderful about the about the Lord's Prayer um, is if 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 we'll just take a moment in the morning time, first thing, and and we all have our routines that we go through in the morning, but um, if we'll just take a moment. I mean, again, just the amount of time it would take to recite this even, just, just for a benchmark, um, and humble our hearts. I think, I think the most important thing about prayer, I'll wait, Mark, Mark yeah, that's okay. Wayne shut his phone off for once, but <laughs> it's okay. Is that the Lord? Is that the Lord? <laughs> hey, we got a guy, a Mexican guy comes to church here, his name's Jesus, and so when I put his number in my phone, I put his name just as Jesus. So when my phone rings, it looks like Jesus is calling. Uh, but uh, didn't put his last name for that, for that very reason. But anyway, um, but I, I believe the most important part about prayer is, is humbling our hearts, yielding, yielding before him, which that's a great deal. I mean, again, if you look at the content of the Lord's Prayer, it begins with our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's the, you know, the give us this day, forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors, don't lead us to temptation, deliver us from evil. But then it circles back, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So you've got this, this worship in the beginning, worship at the end, and, and really our part, you know, where we're, we're praying for ourselves or, you know, 
really there's not a lot of intercession involved in this, in this, this portion on prayer, but um, I think if we'll align our hearts early in the day, again, even if that's two minutes, um, but just taking the time to humble our hearts and, uh, and, and get connected, then throughout the day, and this is what works for me, then throughout the day when, when I'm reminded, there are always things, like there are little things, different things will remind me of different people. Um, so when I see that, that chair right there reminds me of Chuck Slankard, that wooden chair sitting back there. Uh, there are different things that will trigger me and remind me of people, and I'll pray for them then. Um, or if somebody says, if Christy said, hey, can you pray for my friend's grandma? She's, you know, as soon as she asks me, I'm going to pray about it because I've already got a connection in my heart. I've already made, I've already made that, that connection, and so I don't have to, you know, I don't have to go back and go, oh, yeah, hey, by the, by the way, Lord, I, I, I forgot to talk to you this morning. Uh, you're holy. You're good. Uh, submit my heart. You're king. Okay, now, you know, Christy's friend's grandma, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've already, I've already made that connection. I've already opened that door. I've already entered his presence, and I think that's what the Bible means when it says that we're to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit that we can, we can continue throughout the day. I can have a conversation with you and a conversation with the Lord at the same time. You know, I can, I can be, I can be communicating ver- horizontally and vertically. You know, we can, I can be praying while I'm talking. I can be praying while I'm driving. I can be praying while I'm preaching, which I do a lot. <laughs> uh, Lord, help me not say anything stupid. Um, and He does not always answer that prayer. But, uh, but you know, I think that uh, I think it's important to make that connection first thing, and then you know, whether it's in the bathroom or you know, windshield time driving down the road. You know, we can, we can pray. Yes, sir. Uh, is that a question? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you, so if we're going to get into spiritual warfare, then yeah, I believe you, we have the power to command evil spirits to, to depart. But you know, the major part of that is having the, the, I don't have the power to do that in myself. It's, it's the power of the Holy Spirit in me. And, and the way that we appropriate the power of the Holy Spirit is to be in a humble state of communion with, with God. Um, and then he gives us, it's the authority of God, it's the name of Jesus, but that's a, that's a slightly different topic that would be good to talk about sometime.
but yes, sir. Well, and that's why I said I think it's good to have, again, it doesn't have to be 45 minutes. I just think it's good to have a moment of time, a quiet time in the morning. And we know how days go, right? You can get woke up with something and get your, your day get all thrown up. But I'm saying on an average day when we're, you know, going through the normal routine, I just think it's good to have that moment in the morning where we stop. And if it's, if it's a minute, two minutes, and we just humble our hearts and say, Lord, I... I'm going to need you today, and I want to, you know, I recognize who you are, and I, you know, I pray that you'd guide me, and, you know, all these things, like all the content that's here, again, not necessarily repeating verbatim, but, you know, the part about not being led into temptation, being delivered from evil, there's going to be some stuff, you know, somebody's going to test me today, Lord, and I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to need your strength, um, but, you know, I think it's good to do that, and then, certainly, driving down the road, or walking down the hall, or, you know, whatever, um, you can continue in that spirit of prayer. So, yes, ma'am. Have you heard anybody that has the attitude, uh, why would I, why should I pray? God's going to do what God's going to do anyway. Ever heard that? Um, you know, it is an interesting thought. He's God. And if, and if, and if the ultimate way to pray is to pray your kingdom come and your will be done, I mean, isn't he going to do that anyhow? You know, uh, but then Jesus said things like you have not because you ask not. You ask and you receive, you know, John said you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you can, you know, that you might consume it upon your own lust. So um, there is that, that strange balance in prayer where, where we're, um, you know, we're, we're bringing our hearts into alignment with his will, but, but we're also asking him to open the storehouse and pour out, you know, a blessing over whatever the need might be. And, uh, and, and, and really, you know, Jesus, you know, taught, and again, it's repeated there in First in John, that uh, there are things that we don't have because we didn't ask for it, you know, um, and so, but I think it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier, Jackie, is like, I'm praying for God's will, but I'm also presenting a need, so where's, you know, how do I do that? Well, I think, again, we, I think we ought to storm the throne and and pray that God meets the need but then what so personally what I've found is is times when I really needed the Lord to come through and and answer a prayer and then then he didn't answer it the way I wanted him to is that I'd spent enough time in prayer seeking him that by the time 
the disappointment came, I also had peace about it. And I think that's where the balance is discovered is, is yeah, I mean, uh, there are times, you know, I don't think we're going to change the will of God. If that, you know what I'm saying? I don't, think, I don't think God's up in heaven going, boy, I sure, you know, I'd like to kind of maybe end this war if, you know, Dudley just asked me to. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think the Lord's up in heaven working that way. But at the same time, when it comes to our personal lives, I think, you know, I hate to quote a song, but I think one of, I think one of the best best things I've heard about prayer outside the scriptures comes from an old hymn that says, what peace we often forfeit and needless pain we bear because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And so I believe oftentimes that, you know, we, we struggle and uh, when we don't need to struggle, we could just ask the Lord for help and he would provide it. And then I think there are times when, when we do pray passionately and fervently and, and God doesn't see fit to, to give it to us the way we ask for it. Um, and, uh, and I, but I think he also gives us the peace, the confidence, and the, you know, just, just the hope that, that he has a better plan, that there's something else, even, even though we can't see it. So anyway, um, we didn't really get to the body of the Lord's Prayer tonight, so, but good discussion. Good talk, guys. Good talk. So, all right. Well, let's pray, and uh, we'll be dismissed. Our Father, we come before you, Lord, we do recognize your majesty. Father, we, we submit ourselves as your creatures, as those who put their faith and trust in you, Lord. We've pinned all of our hope in your promises, and so tonight we, we just want to know how to be in better communion. Father, we want to understand this, uh, this sacred thing called prayer. On a deeper level, God, we want to know uh, and and be right where we're supposed to be with this whole thing. God, we we want to be balanced in it. We want to have a good understanding. We want all things that we do to be scriptural. And so we just pray that you teach us. Lord Jesus, thank you for laying out this perfect model. And and I pray that you'd help us to put it into practice. Lord, help us to to come boldly before your throne because you've given us access through the veil Lord, we praise you, we thank you for it, and we pray that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Continue to use us as a church body for your glory and honor. I pray that you direct our steps. Lord, you know the needs that we have. We definitely need a bigger building. We need more space, and we pray for that. Father, we ask that you'd provide it according to your riches, according to your wealth, and Lord, according to your perfect plan. We pray that you'd supply in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys.